Hello everyone. So glad to have you pop in today. Thank you for always making time to listen. We are truly honored by your presence. A few days ago, I watched this movie, No Retreat, No Surrender. That's the title. It's such an old movie, a 1986 film. I had to ask my dad about it. <laughs> such a silly karate movie with bad acting. In fact, the fighting was so cheesy and the music, quite horrible. But I was so tickled. Anyway, the main star, Jason, wanted to be like Bruce Lee and was always fighting. Fighting against the boys that bullied his newfound friend, fighting for this girl he liked, fighting the bad guys, any bad guys. In fact, his dad was constantly asking like, why the craze with karate? Anyway, I was so distracted and so I didn't get to finish the movie. I intend to though. But Jason and his friend kept saying this line that has been ringing in my head. No retreat, no surrender. Some days he would just get quite the beating, but he would be up again and train even harder. This may not be the perfect example, but I wonder if we should all have the same tenacity in life. Not physically fighting really, but being resilient in our inner man. Like, I'm not going to retreat, neither will I surrender. By the way, this is not just about challenging circumstances or season, but it can as well be us needing to apply the same to defy mediocrity, refusing to be average, saying no to the status quo, even if it's okay or you're in a comfortable position. We aim for higher, greater things in God. As Paul said in the book of Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 to 16, we press into more of who we're meant to be in God being able to press in prayer for our loved ones and until we see change. I've been stirred up this week about the law of God as the backing that we need. See, before we can have the audacity to say that we're not retreating, nor surrendering, we must have grounds on which we're relying on, where we share that it's not about getting into physical bouts with anyone, but it's taking our places in God and in authority. For instance, what makes one win a case in court? Is it because your lawyer is dressed in a double-breasted, sharp suit and has the gift of the gap? I think not. At the end of the day, it's how well he's able to argue your case before the judge, how he's able to present your matter and back it up with the law. And even quote previously decided cases similar to your matter before the judge to persuade him. The word of God is in so many verses in the Bible referred to as the law of God. Psalms 119 talks of scriptures as laws, statutes, precepts, you know, legal words in reference to verses. Amongst all laws that can ever be it is the highest law with the highest authority. That means that we can present matters before God and back those with his law. And why at Refined Gem, we've grown to love the study of this law of God. See, you and I have an opportunity to appear before God and state what is not aligned in his law. 
circumstances that, that need to agree, promises that he has outlined for us to claim from his law. God even in some instances says, put me in remembrance. Let's argue the matter together. State your case. That's not to say that he forgets what his law says, but do we know it ourselves to argue a matter before him? You can read that in Isaiah 43 verse 26. As an example, Daniel was able to study the law and he saw, hey, wait a minute. Our time in Babylon was only to be 70 years. And so he started praying and sure enough, since it was written, God had and they were released from captivity. You can read that in the book of Daniel chapter 9 verse 2. No retreat, no surrender. Has God called us for higher things in him, but we don't know. Perhaps we don't know because we don't know what scripture says. You know, the devil knows scriptures. What makes us say so? When Jesus was done fasting for a whole 40 days and 40 nights, who shows up? The devil himself. And he started quoting scriptures. Hasn't the word said that? He will send angels. So hey, through yourself, those angels will catch you. Turn these stones into bread. And that should tell us that what we present before God will not have as much weight if our adversary knows the law better than we do. In fact, we the people who represent themselves in court, if one can't afford a lawyer, but their case is likely to be flawed, especially if they do know the law and what provisions that strengthen their case, for instance. Some may just bore the judge with stories that mean nothing if they're not backed by the law. And that's why Jesus responded to the devil with the law of God. It is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. What do you and I know about what is written about us for us to speak it back? You can read about the passage of Jesus um, speaking with the devil in Matthew chapter 11 verse 1 to 14. And that's why the biggest battle we can lose as believers is having no desire for the law of God. That's where our secret in life lies. That's why we know what God says about us, about circumstances that we come across, about our loved ones, and so we can have the audacity and the authority to defy a I'm not retreating and neither will I surrender because it is written. God has taught me to search for scriptures to cover anything and everything I need to address or present before God. Be encouraged to write this down if you have to and just read back the word of God to him. Put God in remembrance of what he has said. In fact, part of a litigation strategy of winning matters in court is quoting previously decided cases. Remind God what he did. Present a decided case. If, for instance, you're trusting God for a child, remind God of Hannah or Sarah or Elizabeth. If you need God to change your life or your name, remind him he did that for Jabez. Even change Jacob's name, also known as a trickster, to Israel. Do you desire God's favor that opens doors? Tell God of Esther a foreigner, an orphan who was then crowned as queen in a foreign land, or Joseph, no one else could be found in whom the Spirit of God resided, and so he was appointed a second in command in Egypt. 
knowing the law of God will also show us areas we are in violation and therefore giving the enemy a legal right to win a case against us. He is the accuser of brethren. He doesn't make empty statements but looks for justification from the same law. When we know the law we are breaking, we can quickly ask for forgiveness and rebut arguments against us. Sorry, that really sounds like a case already. Pardon the legal words. But that's why we have to prioritize spending time in scriptures. The more we know, the more the devil loses ground. And in fact, the more he loses any cases that he will bring against us using the same law. Actually, in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6, God told the children of Israel, teach your children and your children's children about this law. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Write them on your doorposts. Imagine that. That's how serious God desires for us to take his law and to be rooted in his word. It has to be something that we deliberately make time for because knowing that our victory lies, the enemy will keep you as far as possible from that same law, from our Bibles which will start gathering dust on our shelf somewhere, or that may be the lit no, well, the list of the apps that you use on your phone. We may find that we have time for everything else, but no time for personal Bible study. Prioritize God and His Word. Wow, I pray that you're stirred up and so that you'll not retreat, neither will you surrender to anything. Wow, today marks two years since we started this podcast and Glory to God for His grace to just keep at it, you know, study scriptures and, and just share. I'm always so glad that I obeyed in starting this podcast. I honestly needed it more for myself than for you who's listening. I've grown in leaps and bounds in my personal Bible study, and knowing that God was sending you and others to pop in to listen has kept me desiring to tarry more and to listen even in seasons where it was tough on a personal front to do so in fact i can count the number of times where maybe what i shared was the same message i had in church or while listening to a random someone a few days later or even a friend just sharing and truly god speaks and he desires for us to know his voice in a deeper an intimate way and that's what sharing here has enabled me to do thank you for choosing to always listen and i pray that this podcast has been a blessing to you even as it has been for me in sharing god's word continue to dwell in us richly that's my prayer and that it will be the anchor through different seasons a source of joy a source of strength and every good thing that we can ever find in god would love to continue, but I've also learned the value of taking breaks, reflecting, and even being able to reset and care again on, Lord, what are you saying about refined gem? What are you saying um, in this season and, and the next? What would you have for us? And what a better time than today being like the last episode after year two. And yes, we've been here since May 2021. I pray that this episode stirs you to love the Word of God, to make time for it, 
to find promises he has spoken concerning you and your loved ones and to even challenge what does not align with his word in your life. That way you'll say, no retreat, no surrender. And so we take a short break today and we'll resume on 22nd of July, God willing. God is a God of season. He doesn't change and neither does his word. Please feel free to revisit and to listen to any of the episodes that we've had the last two years. God's word is timeless and he may just speak to you afresh something that he shared with us here months ago. Until then, may the Lord richly, richly bless you and keep you. Indeed, may he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Thank you for listening and it's goodbye for now.